This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. All right, we're just a few days away. Heath Cummings, what is your level of excitement for Chiefs Texans Thursday night? I am so excited. I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control. I don't. I well, first of all, I I do like it, but I don't believe you. Oh no, I am extremely like this is an extremely exciting time. We're almost done with draft prep, like. A little peek behind the curtain. This week is the most complicated, I think, for me at least, because we'll try to maintain full season rankings through Thursday at 8 p.m. Also create all the week one content that we'll create every week for the season and also try to offer some draft prep advice. So it's it's complicated, but it's exciting. I think it's a very I think it's a challenging week to preview, too. Unless you're just going to go with like, well, the players I drafted as a starter are the ones I'm starting. But if you're looking at matchups, you don't have that much to go off because things change so much year over year. Personnel change. It's kind of it's easy to keep up with the offensive changes. We talk about those all the time, but you can forget about the defensive changes. Uh, Yeah, no, I think another peek behind the curtain. That's a good lead into like in my projections process when we get to week four. I will start adjusting some efficiency for players if they're playing what I believe is a top five defense or a bottom five defense. The rest of them, I don't think better. Um, Right now, the only adjustment that I'm making based on opponent is implied point total from Vegas because I use that for my total team touchdowns and that filters into the individual player touchdowns. So a good example is Kyler Murray. The Cardinals are not implied to score very many points against San Francisco. He was good against them last year in two games um, for fantasy, not really for real life. And I'm probably going to be lower on Kyler Murray than you would expect because of that. Mm -hmm. Tyrod Taylor, I think is interesting. I wonder if people are going to start him against the Bengals, but the Bengals have a very new defense. I mean, they added a lot of players. They could be a lot better this year than they were. So these are just the types of things you have to consider. Where did you, did you do your rankings yet? Uh, yeah, fully 100% done. Won't change a thing until <laughs> next week. Yeah, right. That's not true. Uh, no, <laughs> first run of the rankings is done. Another good thing that we can tell people that I so I won't have to address this throughout the season. And I'm not on the podcast, I don't think, on Tuesdays normally. So that will make it easier. But my rankings, when they come out on Tuesday morning and until probably Wednesday afternoon, are almost straight projections. Like, I've not touched them at all. And then I'll go through and and tweak some things and make them either better or worse. But yeah, so right now my rankings are pretty much my projections. And I think Kyler Murray and Terod Taylor are back-to-back in my quarterback rankings. Where in your rankings? 14 and 15. I see. Okay. Yeah, I think if you you know if you draft Kyler Murray and you, you're hesitant to start him in week one, I think 
who are some guys? Ben Roethlisberger, I think, is a good guy to to get. You know? I've got like I, I I what I said in the quarterback preview is like if you drafted Kyler Murray, I compared Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. Like those are two guys you probably drafted as starters unless you're in one of our leagues. Kyler Murray, I would probably still start. There's no one who's available in even 30% of leagues that I would start over him. Not, Aaron not Roethlisberger. Rogers, Roethlisberger's like 80% owned. Oh, as, of yesterday, as of yesterday, he was like 68, I think. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's uh maybe I missed that. Um I'll check. Aaron Rodgers, though, there's a handful of guys that are available that I would start over him. Okay. And he's facing the Vikings, right? So, and they have a, oh, he's 73% roster now, Roethlisberger. The, the Vikings are another team that's interesting. I mean, they have a very different defense than they had last year. And I didn't think their defense was all that great last year, and yet they were like seventh in scoring defense. So you just kind of figure that well, Mike Zimmer's going to do a good job with what he has. Some of their defense is a team strategy thing. In what, they are going to run the ball and play so slow that they will limit the number of opportunities uh, the other mm-hmm. offense has. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, we got uh, Thursday and Friday to talk about starter sit. Wednesday, if you're new to the show, Thursday is AFC home games. Friday is NFC home games. We, I, I take a little bit of, take some liberties with that to spread the games out evenly on the two shows. Wednesday is actually the Thursday night game. We do the, the Thursday night preview on Wednesday, so we'll break down that game on Wednesday's show, that uh, Chiefs-Texans game. Today on the show, we're going to talk about Players that we should be stashing. It's okay if they have a bad week one. Don't give up on them. They're stashes. We're going to do some fill in the blank. Um, And let's start with this. What are the odds this guy is great? Also want to tease uh, some news we have on the Broncos backfield, the Chargers backfield, and the Ravens backfield. What are the odds this guy is great? Aaron Rodgers, what do you think? We're defining great as like a top five quarterback? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like I like to know what I'm saying. Well, uh, I just I don't know how many great quarterbacks there will be this year, but you know, like he was great. Wow. Um, for week one, I think it's maybe like five to one. For the season, I'd say maybe two to three to one. Two or three to one. So, so you don't. So you think it's thirty percent chance? Okay. Okay. All right. Um, what has to happen? He just has to throw more. Somebody has to emerge as the number two guy. I think he has to throw more and like you would dislike this, but we've had the Pete Prisco discussion before. I, I think Pete's mostly right when it comes to fantasy value. He needs to not throw the ball away so much. Like take some shots into traffic and see if your receivers can make some plays. All right. He, how, how about you won't do that? <laughs> I, I think I think for a lot of quarterbacks that's true. I think Aaron Rodgers has shown I don't know if he's that same player anymore, but when he's when Aaron Rodgers didn't have to take shots to be great. He was he was on a different playing field, but maybe he does now. Uh, Drew Locke. What are the odds Drew Locke is great this year? Very, very little. Um, 10% chance that Drew Locke is like a difference maker. I don't think he's bad. I don't think there's anything there. Like he has to take a massive leap as a passer. And even then, I don't think he's going to come anywhere close to 400 rushing yards. So... Very low. It's funny. You want to cite Pete Prisco about Aaron Rodgers, but you don't want to cite Pete Prisco on Drew Locke. He uh, he drafted Drew Locke in our draft today as his only quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I, like that was planned, right? I I, pres- I I don't know. I mean, he auto-drafted drafted Lamar Jackson at one point, auto-drafted Josh Allen at a different point, and we had to keep backing the picks out. <laughs> 
So he may have just auto-picked Drew Locke and nobody noticed. No, because I think he said Drew Locke is going to be a star, but I can't. I don't know if he was kidding or not, but I'm pretty sure that was said in the chat. But like Philip Rivers, Terod Taylor, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is still available. Uh, you know, So there were players that most fantasy you know rankers would have ahead of of uh, Drew Locke. He wanted Drew Locke. I'm I'm fairly certain. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. All right. So not such a great chance for Drew Locke. David Montgomery. What are the chances David Montgomery is great this year? Um, better than Rodgers and Luck, I think. But they seem pretty optimistic. He was at practice yesterday. I don't think he was practicing in full by any stretch. But the Bears said they're very happy with their running back room. They cut the. Uh, one of the guys that was on their bench that I can't remember his name, I think Ryan Null's still there, but he's really the only one with Cordero Patterson. So this may not be a long-term absence, and Montgomery was someone that I thought had pretty good appeal in the round six range before the injury. I love it when I get him in round seven. Raheem Mostert. What are the odds Raheem Mostert's great? On a per-touch basis, I think they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think it's very likely they're going to throw him the ball a bunch. They've got Jarek McKinnon healthy now. Tevin Coleman was in front of him in terms of pass catching last year. That makes it hard. In non-PPR, I would say he's got about the same chance as Montgomery. In PPR, I don't think he has as good a chance. When it was all said and done, Heath, when you looked at that huge group of running backs, late round four to round seven, let's say, Bears guys, Lions guys, Bucks guys, Ingram, uh, Mostert, etc., were there Singletary? Were there any that you ended up having a lot of? I was. I thought that's what you were going to ask me, and I didn't have my rosters page open, so I was pulling it open to see. Not that I really remember. Um, I don't think there's any of them that I like. I have a little bit of. I think I have Montgomery on a couple teams. I have Mostert on two teams. I don't think I have any of them on more than two or three teams, and that's kind of the way I like it with that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if you're talking round four through round seven, the guy's Kareem Hunt. Oh, yeah, that that's, that's the guy. Right. That's right. Yeah, I think I'm the same way, except uh, if there are two players that I have the most of, it's probably it's probably Ronald Jones and DeAndre Swift, which was so much better a week ago. So I don't, I'm so upset about that. I've come out surprisingly high on Ronald Jones in my week one rankings, and that will change if like we hear Fournette's at practice and had a good practice or something. But right now, I don't think Fournette probably sees double-digit touches in week one. I think there's an opportunity for Jones to to do a little something early. And I still think in the second half, Swift has 70% of Miles Sanders' upside. But you don't, you're not worried about the Saints matchup for Ronald Jones in week one? If he gets 15 touches, then I'm going to have, like, he's probably going to be a top 25 back. Okay. Uh, what are the odds any Giants wide receiver is great? I mean, if you're giving me all of them, then it's got to be pretty decent, huh? <laughs> Not really. Um, <laughs> I still think, like, I still feel, and training camp reports were backing this up, that Sterling Shepard is the clear alpha number one in that passing attack. He was Daniel Jones' favorite target. I think he was close to 25% target share. Like if he gets 25% target share and their defense is bad and they have to throw it 575 times, then Sterling Shepard's going to be great if he stays healthy. Brandon Cooks. What are the odds Brandon Cooks is great? 
I think they are very, very, very similar to the odds Will Fuller is great. And it's disrespectful to Brandon Cooks that nobody will stand up and say, man, we should take this guy in round five because he's got Deshaun Watson and look what he could be. But I don't want to do that with him either. Um, 25%. Like, I think it's a better chance that Brandon Cooks is great, like wide receiver one great than any Giants receiver for sure. Yeah, but I don't understand what happened to Brandon Cooks last year. You know, I mean, is he no. just about to go Sammy Watkins and completely fall off and just not be that good anymore? It is it is quite the drop for a guy who is basically top 15 wide receiver three years in a row, I think it was, every year except for his rookie year when he got hurt. And last year, 583 yards and two touchdowns on 72 targets. And yes, he had an injury, but it was a concussion. So it's not like he was not that I'm not trying to belittle a concussion. Obviously, it's a big thing. Maybe it affected him mentally, but it's not like uh, he was hobbling around on an ankle, you know, so it's just weird. Well, I think it's really weird. Like, I think you make a pretty compelling case when talking about Will Fuller that he really went to the next level in 2018. And that 2018 was awesome. There's nothing more weird to me than Will Fuller's 2019 when he was over a hundred, he had 140 yards or more in two games and was just awful the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I broke this down. I think it was a target. Look, it's not uncommon for a guy to have a lot of numbers when he gets the targets, right? But um, there but were three like games look- where he had more than seven and. In two of those three games, he had 140 or more yards. And then the other game, he was the Chiefs game, and he dropped three touchdowns in that game. And it's interesting because you you tweeted out, and I didn't want to give you a hard time on Twitter about how this is why you should be excited about Will Fuller. And I just imagined sort of. like That's what I showing someone a video of Josh Allen missing three wide receivers wide open down the field and saying, this is why you should be excited about Josh Allen. Yeah, well, I, I think it was a weird game, you know? So so that Chiefs game, he had nine targets. He had five catches for 44 yards. That was but, his only game with more than seven targets that he, that he didn't have a huge game, but he dropped three touchdowns. One of them was a deep ball. He, he could have had a third game with well over 100 yards and multiple touchdowns. Um, but then again, like you should be able to do more with seven targets, right? Look at weeks two and three, seven targets for him, 40 yards, 51 yards, not that good. Week 15, seven targets, five catches for 61 yards. So it's, it's not that great. Um, but yeah, I don't like, I'm saying in this matchup where you know, Deshaun Watson threw 42 and 52 times against the Chiefs in week one, I think you should be encouraged by Wolf. Like, where did he come out in your rankings? Uh, I think I, I have I have him ahead of Cooks for week one, for sure. Um, Fuller is wide receiver 24. Cooks is wide receiver 29. Yeah. I have Fuller, Cooks, and David Johnson all projected within one PPR fantasy point of each other. Yeah. Like all right around 14 points. All right, what are the odds Henry Ruggs is great? Not as good as Cooks, but higher than the Giants wide receivers still, I think. I, and I don't know. There's there's some talk now that because Tyrell Williams is out, they're going to just move Ruggs outside almost permanently and play Renfro in the slot. And I think that would be very, very bad for Ruggs in terms of his target share and the types of routes that they, he'd be running. But I still think with his talent level and if they're going to use him creatively, he's got a, a not a good shot, but an okay shot. And finally, Debo Samuel who starts with the, you know, most of these guys that I put in here, whether it's quarterback, running back, wide receiver, whatever, almost all of them have, seem to have bad early schedules, at least on paper. We don't know how it'll how it'll play out. Um, now, Ruggs is Carolina in week one, but then New Orleans, New England, Buffalo, Kansas City. Uh, but Debo Samuel, 
And this is what I talked about with Garoppolo yesterday. I mean, Debo Samuel's got the Cardinals. I, I don't think he's going to get matched up with Patrick Peterson. I don't think he's quite there yet. The Jets, the Giants, the Eagles. Yeah, and they like the Giants and the Eagles have a good cornerback, Slay especially. But And then the Dolphins after that. But I don't know if Debo's that kind of guy where you have to worry about a great corner on the other side. So there's chance for points is, is basically what I'm trying to say here for the, for the Niners early. What do you think Debo's chances are of being great? I just want to go back to the thing that we talked about before he had the foot injury that it has caused a relapse in so many different football. Like it's a, that's a scary thing. Mm -hmm. But before that he had one game with more than eight targets or two games, with more than eight targets last year. It was when George Kittle didn't play. Yeah. He really like a large, larger percentage than you would like of his production came from some long runs. He had 14 carries and turned those into 33 fantasy points. So you're like, so you're saying not, not very high chances that he, I don't think there's a very good chance. And like, unless George Kittle gets hurt or something, I don't, they just don't throw their wide receivers enough, especially considering they just traded up to add a wide receiver in the first round. That's true. Who it does have a hamstring injury, but yes, that is true. All right. Uh, well, that concludes today's round of what are the odds this guy is great and probably this year's round of what are the odds this guy is great. We have a Facebook group that you should join. Fantasy Football Today is the name. The link is in the episode description or just go to Facebook and search for Fantasy Football Today. Uh, we've got one of our listeners who is basically Scott Fishbowling it, trying to create this Casey Simmons. I hope I'm pronouncing that na- name correctly. Maybe Simons. Uh, probably Simons. Let's go with that. He is um, trying to put together a big group of listener leagues where the playoffs will probably start in week 13. Uh, so you can sign up right there. If you go to our Facebook page and you click announcements, Casey's got the post up there and he'll set everything up for you guys. Um, and the leagues will be on CBS. They're going to be PPR leagues. No money or anything like that. And just, you know, just have fun and uh, compete against other people in the Facebook group. So please check that out. That's awesome stuff. And we want to thank Casey for spearheading this and for running it. He's volunteering to manage it. The day, the drafts, by the way, are on Wednesday. And you can fill out a form to tell, um, to tell him what time you prefer, and he'll kind of match people up. Um, the other thing I want to promote is our podcast, Fantasy Football Today in 5. Five-minute episode every morning. Uh, this So not Saturday morning, but I think you'll get one Sunday morning. So I think it'll be 6 a week. Fantasy Football Today in 5. Check it out. News and notes, the Dolphins name Ryan Fitzpatrick, their quarterback. His first two games are against the Patriots and then the Bills. And last year, he actually had good a good game against the Bills, a good game against the Patriots. But in both of those games, he had a rushing touchdown. So, uh, you know. I just wonder, like, and this is probably not the case, but if he's terrible against Buffalo and New England, and they're 0-2 already, and then you've got Jacksonville in week three, isn't that the perfect time to break two in? It couldn't be much better. I honestly, Heath, like I'm not saying this to be dramatic or like, oh, look at this guy's take. I really think the Jaguars could go 0-16. I just think they're horrible. And they they have traded away since mid-last year, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Calais Campbell, uh, they don't have A.J. Boye anymore. They just traded away another starting safety. They lost a number of guys on their defensive line who opted out for COVID and other reasons. Uh, I feel like I'm missing a trade that they made. They just are going to have such a bad defense, and they already had a bad defense. I mean, am I crazy? I think they're just awful. 
awful. I don't I don't think they're very like I I think they have some pretty good players at the skill positions on offense, specifically wide receiver. Yeah, same. Um, and Chris Thompson, when he's playing, is a talented pass catching running back. He's been very good at that. Um, and I think Minshew, like you know what I think of Gardner Minshew. The the reason I think it's unlikely is the same reason it is for everybody, but they get to play the Dolphins at home, the Bengals, the Lions at home, the Bears. If, if they can't beat if home. they can't beat the Dolphins in Tua's first start. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like they play a lot of bad teams. Yeah. So the odds are they'll win one of them. Yeah, but I know. I'm not going to bet on them going 0-16, but I mean, this team could not seem less interested in winning. <laughs> and they have, like, Josh Allen's really good on defense. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like, what do you, like, if you have Gardner Minshew in a dynasty league, this is probably his last year as a starting quarterback, right? Well, For that's what we're going to find out. Like, can he go, I think there are a couple other teams that have a chance to be two-win teams. Um, or, Maybe even a slightly like I, the Lions could just be atrocious. Um, things could go off the rails. The Jets, with Adam Gates, like the team might just totally quit on Adam Gates if they haven't already. Hmm. The franchise, so I, might. like there are some teams I think that could challenge them. If Gardner Minshew could somehow pull off three magical wins, then they probably don't have the first pick. Maybe it's not, but yeah, it's um, he's got to play well enough this year that even if they do go draft a quarterback, somebody else wants him as their yeah, starter, right? All right, so here's some backfield updates. Daniel Popper of The Athletic was on HQ. He says Justin Jackson will practice this week. We've been talking a lot about Joshua Kelly, so we're going to talk and about he, stashes. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. And he also, and I've kind of, I was on Jackson earlier, and I switched over to where Jamie is. He kind of acted like it's still a toss-up. Like, he does not think it's a foregone conclusion that Kelly is just going to take the job from Jackson. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting Jackson played the first three games of the season before Melvin Gordon came back. He missed week four. And he got it like a decent amount of work, seven-ish carries a game, I think. But he did not have one carry inside the five-yard line. So um, bodes well for Austin. If, if, it, if it means anything, it's good for Eckler. I, I think the one advantage he has is he caught a lot of passes in college. And I think they probably trust him to play on a passing down. They don't want to get into a situation like the Bears have gotten to him before, where if Tariq Cohen's in, you know they're going to pass. And if the other guy's in, you know they're not going to pass. Right, right. Okay, this is uh, Ryan O'Halloran from the Denver Post. He says it's a 50-50 split for Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. He expects more receptions for Gordon, and ultimately Gordon will play more because they paid him, but it will be a pretty close split in that Denver backfield. Well, that, like, you might think, well, how can it be a 50-50 split on touches if Gordon's going to play more? I think Gordon's going to block more. Mm -hmm. I also think, you know, if you're looking for that, quote, lottery ticket, and you're thinking maybe that's Philip Lindsay, Heath, I don't, I feel like they go back to what they had last year if Gordon gets hurt, maybe a little bit more heavily toward Lindsay. Um, but from what I understood, Lindsay's, you know, he's very small. So I don't think they view him as like a, a grinder, like an every down back. I think that they have to limit his touches. But if you get last year's Philip Lindsay in round eight or nine, that's fantastic. Right. But I, I don't think it has the upside of like a Madison or an Edmonds. Yeah. I, I struggle with the Madison part of that. But yeah, I, I don't know if they'll throw it to Madison. Oh, fair enough. 
Uh, J.K. Dobbins listed fourth on the Ravens depth chart. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just funny. Like I'm expecting maybe tomorrow we'll say Cam Akers listed third on the Rams depth chart. Um, listen, when I did my week one rankings, Clyde Edwards-Elair was in my top 15 running backs. Um, not as high as where we drafted him. Antonio Gibson may have been around 30 or 35. Jonathan Taylor was in that same range. I don't think I had another rookie running back in my top 50 for week one. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had an email yesterday. I was surprised by the answer Dave and Jamie gave. I think they kind of, I think they may have backed off. It was, who would you start in week one? Zach Moss, Marvin Jones. And I cannot remember the third person was. But they both said Moss, I think, at first. I was like, really? Yeah, I would definitely, st- like, unless we get a Buffalo, de- like, if that would be a depth chart thing that might matter, is if we got a Buffalo Bills depth chart and Zach Moss was on top of it. Right, yeah. But um, they had Lamar Miller in earlier this week, I think. Um, I I would definitely start Marvin Jones over Zach Moss. And yeah. Zach Moss is in my top 50. I forgot him, but just barely. I think they... I think they backed off of that. I think it was just kind of a reaction at first. Uh, NFL referees are going to use electronic handheld whistles. That will be fun. And the Jaguars so did, did, did not... Uh, hello? They did not sign Devontae Freeman uh, yet. Well, uh, you know, he left. They didn't sign him. So maybe they won't sign him. All right. Who are some of your favorite stashes? Well, Gardner Minshew clearly yeah. has the best right. stash of all. He's this everyone's is, favorite stash. The Minshew segment. <laughs> Um, and I don't want to start him against the Colts week one and week three through six. He has a phenomenal schedule against almost exclusively bad pass offenses. So Gardner Minshew is my favorite. And so is his teammate, LaVisca Chenault. Okay. Uh, I, I, what about an Eagles wide receiver like Rager or Jeffrey? I, I'm still really conflicted on those guys. I don't know. Like, I guess Jeffrey would be my favorite, but I don't have a strong lean either way. I think rookie receivers in general, how much leash are you going to give them? Well, I will like, it depends. Like if a guy's playing 70% of the snaps and just not getting a ton of targets, I'm going to give him a longer leash. If a guy's on the field for like how many people, I I wonder what AJ Brown's um, roster rate was like week nine last year. I'm going to tell you. All right. I'm going to guess it was like low, really low. All right, well, let's take a look at his game log and feel and figure out when people may have decided to pick him up. So three catches for 94 yards and two touchdowns on three targets at Atlanta. That was in week four. He followed that up with 27 yards, 23 yards, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna look. He had a touchdown in week eight. At that point, Tannehill was the quarterback. Then he had 81 yards in week nine on seven. But he definitely targets. should have been rostered before that, like by then. Okay, so I'm gonna look in those weeks and see, like week eight, basically after after a six for 64 on eight targets in week seven. Going into week eight, that was Tannehill's first start. Going into week eight after that, I'll find out what it was. I'm gonna need some time though. If you uh, want to go ahead and give some more stashes. Or talk about the rookie yeah. wide receivers because it does take sometimes to the rookie wide receivers. It takes them time to uh, get the playing time that they need and, and get the production. 
Yeah, Judy, Lamb, Ruggs, they're getting a, a, a longer leash than the rest of the group. Rager and Ayuk are interesting because they might have a chance at being like first on their team in wide receiver targets, but they're also not healthy. So I think you have to be very patient with those guys. Chenault, I would give a month. Um, and that's probably like the rest of them are probably getting some something similar to what I'd give Nikhil Harry this year. Okay. Sorry, I'm still looking this up. I'm not really listening. That's okay. More um, <laughs> um, Jacksonville stashes. James Robinson, definitely a stash. I think I just stole that one from Shraggy, but I thought he was going to speak up and say it, so I just said it instead. Yeah, I'll let you take the Jaguars. But uh, that is my number one stash. Yes. Um, I think it's really nice to have Divine Zigbo on your team, so you can name your team Divine Intervention. <laughs> um, that's That's worthwhile. Um, running back stashes. Like the thing is, I view most of these rookies as stashes. Right. I don't want to start them like the running backs. I don't want to start them week one. At tight end, Chris Herndon and Mike Gasicki are guys that were drafted, and you're going to look at our week one rankings, and I don't know what everybody else is going to have them, but you're not going to want to start them. And I really, and this is what I had had been kind of going back and forth with Ben uh, Gretsch during the off season. By the way, I have an answer on um. On uh, AJ Brown, AJ Brown, yeah, thank you. The wide receiver, yes. Um, so if you drafted Madison Pollard Edmonds and you don't have the starting running back, these are just lottery tickets. And we get to the bye weeks, well, it's week four comes around. I'm just wondering how long people can can stash them. And even in week one, you know, there's a huge performance in week one, and you need to pick someone up. Is that the is that the player you're dropping? I'm just very curious to see how this whole thing plays that- out. Those guys, um, that level, I don't think should be. like Those are definite stashes. Daryl Williams, who actually might be startable as a flex in week one, but is kind of a stash too. Okay, so A.J. Brown. Ryan Tannehill takes over. A.J. Brown goes for six catches, 64 yards on eight targets against the Chargers in Tannehill's first start. Uh, at that point, 25% rostered. 25%. Let's see. So let's see where he was the following week. And see, I don't really remember how many leagues, like if he was drafted in 50, 60, 70% of leagues, I don't remember. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I'd be surprised. He was 41% roster the following week, and he had two catches for 11 yards and a touchdown. So, and then he really like went off. Right. So you had your chance to get A.J. Brown last year. And that happens. I mean, you could talk about stashes all you want, but roster crunches exist, and uh, you have to drop guys, and sometimes it comes back to bite you, for sure. It's tough. It's A lot of times there's not really, uh, you know, you don't know if it's a right or wrong answer, um, especially when you're talking about, like, your handcuff. Right, and that's why I would rather stash players that I think, and this is a bit of a guessing game with a lot of these guys because we haven't seen them, but I would rather stash guys that I think are good because if they get the opportunity i think they could be great mm-hmm. as opposed to just my handcuff who i don't really like that much okay D- uh, ben were there any others from dave that you wanted to let us know one more dave is on paris campbell as ah, a stash yes. Heath, is there a colts wide receiver that you're on as a stash whether it's campbell or someone else i would probably rather stash michael Pittman. um but only because I think he kind of profiles as like the red zone, big red zone guy that could fill the Eric Ebron role if he hits. I don't, 
there are smart, smart people who draft a lot of Paris Campbell. I just don't really, I don't really get it. I and there are people like me who, who draft Paris Campbell. I was including you in the oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, for me, I, it's a little bit of groupthink. Maybe I see other people that I respect who are really in on Paris Campbell. Um, I think that last year I'm sort of throwing away Jacoby Brissett really had a bad year. So somebody else is going to have to catch passes and it makes sense for the slot guy. Philip Rivers has leaned on his slot guy. It makes sense for Paris Campbell. He, I remember how high Dave was on Paris Campbell coming out of college. Uh, things obviously changed with Andrew Luck retiring. So I'm giving him a reset year. You know how I feel about sophomore receivers. He's one of my last picks. He's really strict. You're not taking, you're not taking him before Nikhil Harry, right? I am. You are. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't in a non-PPR league. I would in a full PPR league and in a half PPR league. I'm not sure. I, I'm not. Has there been any Nikhil Harry buzz? Yes. There was a some, there was a period of, man, he's been bad in camp. Muhammad Sanu's awesome. And then like <laughs> right when that happened, all the reports from that point forward were Nikhil Harry had a good day. Nikhil Harry had a good day. And then Sanu got cut. So I just think Harry, like I think Harry and Campbell are similar, obviously, and that they were well-regarded prospects coming out last year who basically had a lost year. I prefer Harry just because I don't see as much competition for targets. Well, that's an interesting thing, but why not? Well, I think who throws more? Colts are going to throw more, right? I don't know. Like, were they... We think the Colts are going to win a ton of games. We've talked about what their run-pass rate was in games that they were ahead last year. But they threw the ball a lot two years ago, and that was because they had a good quarterback. But their defense wasn't near as good back then. And Phillip Rivers is somewhere in the wide chasm between Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You can can take your pick as to which one you think he's closer to. Um, So I don't... Like, who throws more, I think, is a good question that I don't don't feel confident in. Which team throws... Who has the better quarterback? Which team throws for more yards? Because in a normal year, if you could just erase last year, you would mm-hmm. never, ever pick Cam Newton to throw for more yards than Philip Rivers. That's that's totally true. I have, I'm sure I have Philip Rivers throwing for more yards. Right. I have, um, but I have Jack Doyle getting a lot more targets than I have any Patriots tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't know the, the people that, a lot of smart people, a lot of like the I feel like the sports line people. I know Jacob Gibbs likes Paris Campbell a lot. I think Mike McClure does as well. Yeah. Uh, um, so I guess I'm sort of just I, I'm piggybacking. not anti him, but it's just kind of like the it's a little bit like the Deontay Johnson thing. Only Campbell was a better prospect. And later in the draft. Yeah. In the in the fantasy draft. All right, we're gonna take a break here. When we come back, we'll do some fill in the blank. And you know, we had a fantasy football today draft today. It's uh, our big lead. It's our big like work. Office, all the people involved in the video show, really, Fantasy Football Today. 12-team PPR draft. We'll talk about that a little bit, and we'll read your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Heath has already promised me that I'm going to hate his team so much in the fantasy, in the FFT League. I don't know his, what his team is. So um, I'm looking forward to hating your team, Heath. I I, I'm looking forward to it as well. First, we'll do some fill in the blank from the listeners on Twitter. From Leo Garcia, blank Adam Azer for playing that Azer stat, stat song. It's stuck in my head and been whistling it all morning. Well, if Julio Heath, you missed this yesterday. Oh, I listened to it like 17 like times this weekend. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's so good. And I know a lot of people have it stuck in their heads. So um, not, way sorry, to go, not Adam Azer. Way to go is the answer to that one. Thank you. Yeah, applaud, Adam Azer. <laughs> uh, from Javi Baez, a different Javi Baez. Austin Eckler will be a top five running back if he has blank receptions this season. Um, 60? I was going to say 65, so... I'll, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. From Kevin Rossetti, blank will be the number one waiver wire priority after week one. That is so that tough. Is, that is a very good question. Like the, I think the the most likely answer would be whoever gets the most touches between Ozigbo and Robinson. So let me see Daryl Williams, 38% rostered. He could be for sure, because I wouldn't be surprised if he scores a touchdown. Yeah, right. Um, um, yeah. And if, if they're going to... I mean, this could be the most carries he gets all year, in theory, assuming health for for Clyde Edwards-Zeller. In other words, the, this, could be maybe, this could be maybe the lowest snap share for Clyde Edwards-Zeller all year. Is that fair? I think so. It would be very... It'll be interesting, like... If this works and Daryl Williams and Clyde are both very good with 12 to 14 touches, if it doesn't just stay that way for a while. Yeah. What about one of the Chiefs wide receivers? Are Hardman and Watkins roster percentage too high? Because one of them could go off on national TV, be a top priority, and then not perform for another four weeks. Well, let's check their roster percentage, shall we? Miko Hardman, 61%. Sammy Watkins, want to guess? 48. Ben? 59. 59. 73. Ooh, that surprised me. Um, What's Preston Williams? Let's find out. Unfortunately, Patriots and Bills to start the season. Preston Williams is 73%, just like Sammy Watkins. That's a stash for you. Uh, Yeah, so... I, f- I got ridiculed a little bit for taking Watkins in our 14-team PPR league. And the only reason that you should take Hardman over Watkins, and fantasy managers apparently aren't doing that, is uh, he's younger. But, like, he did not have... After, week- after Tyreek Hill got back... I think from injury, I don't think Hardman had more than two catches in any game. Or it was something like his last 10 games. I don't know. He was so uninvolved when Tyreek Hill didn't play. And then you look at Sammy Watkins. He was their best wide receiver in the playoffs. It was only three games. But um, 
I would take Hardman over Watkins because I think there's more upside. But yeah, I, I would say don't sleep on Sammy Watkins, but I guess I was just surprised that he was 73% owned. So I don't think people oh. are sleeping on him. I take it back. LaVisca Chenault's going to make a big garbage time play against the Colts. He's only 23% rostered. He's going to be the uh, waiver wire guy. Okay. Okay. There you go. Uh, next up, fill in the blank from KO. The reason David Johnson will finish as a top blank running back is because blank. Uh, that's too many blanks. Um, the reason he'll finish <laughs> as a top 20 running back is because they traded DeAndre Hopkins for him. So they're not just going to run him between the tackles. They're going to use him the way that he's best used. From Fantasy Gumbo, Will Disley will start off slow, but end up as a top blank tight end. 32. <laughs> uh, from Man City, Marlon Mack holds off Jonathan Taylor for blank weeks as the starter. Eight. Wow. Okay. From Barsetti, blank is going outside the top 24 and will be in the top 10 next season. Jonathan Taylor. From Neil, blank is the best quarterback wide receiver stack you can realistically draft. Well, I mean, Tyree killed Patrick Mahomes. Oh, you can't. No, you can in CBS if you have a back into the, like the ninth pick, you could. Um, more real, like I love stacking the Falcons. I was so. just about to say that. Yeah. Ridley, Hurst, Ryan, right? Sure. Great. Yeah, because Ridley's around three pick. Hurst and Ryan, I mean, eight, nine, something like that. Uh, let's see from veggie atheist. Adam Azer is blank percent match to Jimmy Garoppolo on ancestry. <laughs> um, I said I was, uh, I said he was a sleeper as like a, as like a stash or something like that yesterday. He is my third favorite streaming option for week one. So I agree with you. His whole schedule though. I mean, it's just, he's such a good schedule, especially early. What is it? Who's week one is it's Cardinals, Jets, Giants, or Cardinals, Giants, Jets, Cardinals, Jets, Giants for yep. Garoppolo. The, the only question is like with Jets and Giants, are they just up three scores in the first quarter and don't th- pass again? But that whole thing is like, you know, you got to get up three scores in the first quarter to get there to begin with. And I think both the Jets and the Giants will have worse pass defense than run defense. That's my guess, certainly with the Giants. Um, and then like, I don't know. Why would you ever start a good quarterback against a bad team if that was your philosophy? Um, a first off, we don't know how like Jimmy Garoppolo is a borderline good quarterback. I think. I yeah. Say, I mean, I, I guess like, meant no, I meant more overall, not so much for Garoppolo. But also, well, it depends. You would do it with the Chiefs because they throw the ball fifty-five percent of the time, even when they're ahead. Okay, fine, but like, are you going to sit? Tom Brady against, uh, gosh, I don't know what his schedule is, but uh, against the Panthers? Probably not. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be as run. Like, there's only a few teams that I would really view that way. Okay. So the Niners are one. And of most teams. of, like, I, I think Tannehill is kind of the same way. Coach Papia, blank will be the Lamar Jackson of this year. Well, he said of last year, but of this year. There won't be one. Um, <laughs> sorry. I Kyler hope Murray's the, the most likely candidate, but unfortunately he gets drafted like he's already done it. Can I say, I really hope there's not a Lamar Jackson this year or a Mahomes from the previous yeah. year. I It's just really frustrating. And I think I, I should have started this initiative, you know, this year, but I'm going to start it next year. Everybody, every fantasy league should be required to start more players. I'm just tired of like one player 
carrying teams to championships. We you get on the super flex initiative and double right like the 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 lineup lineup set up for the for the people league. That's super flex and an extra flex. Yep. So two regular flexes, one super flex. Uh, the great John Dean blank would be my fantasy football draft entrance entrance walk up music. Well, if Julio plays all sixteen games, Matt Ryan's. I think like that that might be it. Otherwise, I've always said my walk up music is Foo Fighters, My Hero, which is a really arrogant, egotistical walk up song for me to be like, I'm your hero. But that's what it is. You know, it is what it is. Well, how about, how about you? Uh, no, I like the one you chose or the the Heath is on. <laughs> oh yeah. I uh, forgot about the Heath is on. Of course. All right, Heath. Well, how about was the Heath on on the fantasy football today draft that we did today? 12 teams, PPR, three receivers and a flex. How'd it turn out for you? This might be the only like staff league that we have that I haven't won since I started at CBS. Oh, and I think I figured hero. out today why that is. It's always the last or next to last draft, and I do what I did today. I think I'm going to draft some guys that I haven't, I haven't drafted yet, <laughs> and I did that in this draft. Um, I took Kamara at three and James Conner in the second round. Um, very unheath like start, but I don't usually have a top five pick. Took Allen Robinson in round three and uh, Cortland Sutton in round four. And then uh, it went a little bit off the rail. Like I got yeah, Queen, I like do I always not do. Like this team. Here's the thing. I have, like, assuming James Conner's healthy, I have two top 10 running backs. Yeah, I mean, is Conner like, even in your top 10? Well, I, no. <laughs> of course not. He's what, 12th? If 15? he's healthy, he'll, would you, would you doubt that if he plays 16 games, he'll finish top 10? Well, if every single or running that back. that he will play 16, he will be a top 10 back on a per game basis. I don't know that I think he's better than anyone being drafted ahead of him. And he's probably like the 13th or 14th running back. But if, okay, look, he's in that same tier. So sure, I'll give it to you. I've got him eighth in week one. So there we go. Um, And some great run defense. Oh, there we go. I was waiting for it. (laughs) So yeah, but then I also have Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette on the bench. Uh-huh. And both of those guys have pretty immense upside at running back. So my receivers are a little bit thin, but I don't know. Like Jamison Crowder is a number three wide receiver in full PPR. He's going to be a number three wide receiver. Robinson and Sutton are good one and two. I've got elite running backs with fine receivers and Hunter Henry and Cam Newton. I'm just surprised you don't have like a, a top quarterback or tight end with this team. Because okay, here's his team: Cam Newton and Gardner Minshew, and maybe uh, maybe they're top quarterbacks. Uh, Alvin Kamara, James Conner, Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton, Jamison Crowder, Hunter Henry, and Preston Williams tentatively at flex. I mean, probably week one. Deshaun Jackson's the flex. Yeah, we're gonna win week one because he's um, gonna have Fournette, Fournette, and Kareem Hunt on the bench along with Lavisca Chenault, Brandon Ayuk, and Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, it's a really good bench. It's a very, it's not like a shallow, you know, you don't have like a huge hole, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know, just Henry and Newton, not great, very different than my team, um, which is interesting because you would just, you know, three receiver league PPR with a flex, it's not good to be thin at wide receiver and you aren't and I am, but I am thin at wide receiver because I have Kyler Murray at quarterback and Mark Andrews at tight end. Andrews was my fourth round pick. Kyler was my sixth round pick. 
And my first two picks were Clyde Edwards, Elair, seventh overall, and Kenyon Drake in round two. I was surprised he fell to me there. I think our starting running backs are probably a push. Edwards, Elair, and Drake versus Kamara and Connor. I can accept that. Yeah. Um, my wide receivers kind of suck. Calvin Ridley, Michael Gallup, and Brandon Cooks. There's upside. I'm so nervous um, about Gallup. Like I know, yeah. I know Ridley. I love Cooks. I think is fine. Gallup is a huge player for me. He he could really, really make or break my team, and I'm very nervous about him. Like I think you've probably got a high end number two in Ridley, a high end number three in Gallup, and a mid number three in Cooks. But it's possible yeah. you've got a low end number one, a low end number two, and a low end number three. Like just okay at all three spots. And then my flex, it was probably even in a PPR league going to be David Montgomery most weeks. But in the meantime, Paris Campbell, oh, I guess that's my week one flex. You're probably Daryl Henderson, right? No. If he's healthy. I don't know. I, I don't trust for him to miss so much time. I don't know what his touches are going to be like in week one. Do you know what Paris Campbell's Brown, Malcolm Brown's the end of my bench. I'll trade him to you. <laughs> you we'll need take, him for week one. We'll take a look at Trager's team. Uh, Paris Campbell, James Washington, they could be flexes, but it's Kyler Murray, Clyde Edwards, Eler, Kenyon Drake, Calvin Ridley, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, Mark Andrews, and then a yuck at flex. Uh, and then I have the Colts DST. They might win me week one at Jacksonville. Let's hope for that. Uh, I also have Jared Goff and Alexander Madison and Justin Jefferson and James Washington. So it's an okay team. People were mixed on it. Some people said... I- it sucks. Some people like it depends how you feel about Michael Gallup, honestly, because some people love Michael Gallup. I'm right. just not one of I, them. I think I like your starters more than mine, and I like my bench more than yours. Yeah, I would agree with that. And that's probably because you took quarterback and tight end later. Right. Yeah. So you were able to build out some more depth. All right. Let's look at Shraggy B's team. What pick did you have, Shragger? Had the eighth pick. Eighth pick. Okay. Lamar Jackson at quarterback, Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry at running back. So far, so good. Amari Cooper, A.J. Green, Marvin Jones at wide receiver. Austin Hooper at tight end. Mark Ingram at flex. You also have Aaron Rodgers, Malcolm Brown, Jarek McKinnon, Mike Gesicki, Anthony Miller. Ooh, Debo Samuel. Good one. Uh, All right, so similar to me in that you took a quarterback earlier than I did, but... You know, you you have two running backs. They were your first two picks, right? Jacobs and Henry? Yep. And then you went, who'd you take? Lamar Jackson in round three? Took Lamar and then Amari Cooper, who I'm not that high on. But in the fifth, in the fourth round, totally fine with it. Have, have him over DK Metcalf or Chark, you know, type of guys who were left. Yeah, I was going to yeah, take think, Cooper if he had fallen to me, but you took him. Like, and this just shows you, like, like I think Schrager probably has the best running backs, but we're all pretty close. He probably has the worst wide receivers. He has the best quarterback and probably the worst tight end. Like you're just prioritizing what's going where you're going to be good at. Um, but it's not a bad squad at all. And it's possible the combination of Hooper and Gasicki could be better than Hunter Henry. And the combo of Marvin Jones, Debo Samuel, Anthony Miller, I hope one of those guys can be a low-end wide receiver too. If not, wide receiver three with upside every week. Um. Remember Cooper Doug? Heath, Cooper Doug? No. Yeah, come on. He had the Christian McCaffrey email last year where he broke down. You remember Cooper Doug? I couldn't remember his name. If it was Cooper, if it was Doug. So he's called okay. Cooper Doug. I, I kind of remember that now. 
uh, he so he does like a lot of really good research, and he did research on streaming wide receivers, and he took, I think what he did was he took the waiver wire column or something from last year, and he looked at the like. If you took a wide receiver that was rostered in like 10% of leagues or less and wasn't a top five wide receiver in the waiver wire column or something and you started them every week, you would have gotten like a number three wide receiver out of it. Uh, so he just had this. It's pretty interesting. I'll try to if find it. If you took it. the best wide receiver that was no. under 10%? No, like any wide receiver. Yeah, hold on. It can't me. be that. No, it was like like it was based on, I think, Jamie's waiver wire column. And um, let's see if I can find it exactly. Super Doug. With specific guidelines. Damn it. All right. You know what? I will find it. I will find it before the end of this episode. Let's read some emails. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. From Cody in Syracuse. PPR League. Tariq Cohen or Marlon Mack in week one? Did you say whether it was PPR or not? Yes, it is. Full PPR, I'd go Cohen. Okay. Next email. Sean from a city with the third, maybe fourth best quarterback of the 2017 draft. Is that the Trubisky draft? Yeah. So Mahomes, Watson, Trubisky. Josh Dobbs? No, there's one more. There's one more. I'll tell you. It was uh, Trubisky, Mahomes, Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, uh... Davis Webb, CJ Bether, Josh Dobbs, Nate Peterman, Brad. It's probably Chicago and he's throwing shade at Mitch Trubisky. That's my guess. Okay. Uh, I am the reigning champ in my dynasty league. Half PPR, two flex. We just had our rookie draft. We could only take rookies. Now, uh, for the waiver wire, I love Damian Harris. I could use some running back depth. I have 100 to spend on Fab. How much should I spend to get Damian Harris? I don't think so. Like this, if this is your very first waiver wire of the year, then maybe you have to go a little higher. But I mean, if you really, really, really love him, I still don't think you should go for more than like $11 or something. Like he's not healthy to start the year. It's kind of funny how this whole thing worked with Sony Michelle, right? Because now he just looks like he's probably the week one starter, like we thought he was going to be two months ago. Mm-hmm. And there's no telling if he ever gives that back. From JB from a hot city out west. Las Vegas. Hey, Jim, Kyle, Sid, and Jay. Jim, Kyle, Sid, and Jay. Yeah, I don't know either. I I don't think I know. Sid with a C. Jim, yeah, no clue. Like C-I-D? That's what it says. Hmm. Yeah, no clue. Uh, PPR Superflex, I need to cut two players to pick up a kicker and an IDP. Who do you cut? Anthony Miller, Zach Moss, Jamison Crowder, Boston Scott. Ouch. Miller and Scott? Um, Yeah. Okay, I got the email from Cooper Doug. Okay, good. So Cooper Doug wrote this great email last year, by the way, uh, talking about why Christian McCaffrey was going to be (laughs) disappointing. And he convinced me, and I had McCaffrey as my fourth running back, largely because of his great argument. (laughs) And uh, oops, but the argument was this. If you looked at McCaffrey in 2018, he was something like RB10 before Cam Newton got hurt. Once Cam Newton got hurt and was playing through the injury, 
Cam Newton started running less, and he's and I think he started dumping the ball off to Christian McCaffrey more. So the thought was a healthy Cam Newton was actually going to be bad for Christian McCaffrey because Cam would run more and would throw the ball more downfield. Uh, we never got to see it. Cam hurt his foot. He barely ran. He played two games, and that was it. And Christian McCaffrey was had one of the best seasons we ever seen. He didn't. Didn't he also send us one telling us why Austin Eckler was not going to be good this year? He. He, it wasn't that awkward. Austin Eckler was not going to be good. It was his theory as to why Austin Eckler is not a very good running back. Um, and he, I'm looking at that email right now too. Uh, but he looked at like what he did against good run defenses and it was very bad. Um, what he said about, okay, <laughs> I created a streaming wide receivers option for your second or third wide receiver based on the CBS waiver wire column to see where streaming wide receivers would actually finish among overall wide receivers in 2019. Okay? So use the waiver wire column. Spoiler, you end up with a wide receiver one in total points, even with some dud weeks in there. Rule one. For week one, I went with the wide receiver that was in the waiver wire column outside of round 12 and ADP. For weeks two through 16, I only used the weekly CBS waiver wire email. No other source. Working from that column, I selected a streaming wide receiver for that week. Every week, I used the first wide receiver on the waiver wire list that was rostered in less than 10% of leagues. And I skipped the first five names on the list, no matter what, to ensure the fantasy player could still get the wide receiver without using waiver wire priority. Following? Yeah. Wide receiver in less than 10% of leagues and wasn't one of the first list, first five listed. Um, if a player rule three, if a player was on the waiver wire email the next week, they could and should be used again. It would be assumed that the fantasy owner or the manager already had that player the week before. So week one, John Brown, week two, John Ross, week three, Demarcus Robinson, week four, Deontay Johnson, week five, Auden Tate, week six, Byron Pringle, week seven, Jerron Brown, week eight, Alex Erickson, week nine, Chris Conley. Then Josh Reynolds, James Washington, James Washington, Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller, Greg Ward. Uh, Here's what that wide receiver would have done. 73 catches, 1,151 yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, A great year. 14.5 PPR fantasy points per game. Did not miss any games due to injury, obviously. Due to injury. Um, In standard scoring, tied as wide receiver 12. In PPR, wide receiver 13. I know it's a lot to digest there, but pretty cool research there. He picked up a wide receiver every week that was rostered in less than 10% of leagues, unless he was able to just repeat that player the following week and finished with a top 12 wide receiver. That was the crux of it. What do you think? I don't think I've had enough time to process <laughs> this, and I'm hearing your interpretation of it. Like, I'm sure it's accurate but I'm listening to you say it. I don't have the information in front of me. So I, I hes- I'm hesitant to, right, I'm going to um, forward it to you. It sounds like Jamie did a good job on the waiver wire last year. I think so. Well, maybe his top five were terrible, but number six was great. Uh, all right. I'm going to forward this to Heath. Going to here's his personal email. Drip no, just, all right. We're done yeah, for the day. Great radio, Adam. I think it's interesting. Oh, you mean the whole forwarding to, to Heath thing? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that is not great. Um, All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. Week one getting closer and closer. Uh, We'll start previewing the games on Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your Labor Day. For Heath and Ben, I'm Adam. Talk to you soon. You ready for this? Yeah. 
If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG.